0: Hi, and welcome to the Wellness Strategy Podcast, a podcast where we look at all of the different things that make up your well-being, wellness, and self-care. Roll away your yoga mat, though, because this is not one of those places where you're going to find out exactly what to do, when to do, or how to do it. Instead, we're going to share with you multiple ways for you to work on your own wellness and well-being so you can figure out a wellness strategy that works for you. Hello, how are you? It's a rainy, rainy evening where I am today and I thought, why not jump in and just record a podcast for you all? So today we're gonna focus on how to really achieve that calmer mind for better sleep, which I know so many of my teacher colleagues struggle with and so many of us who are business owners, entrepreneurs, who work in high-pressure environments, or just those of us who have a lot going on, really struggle with. And I think... One of the issues with this is because we are so go, go, go all of the time and we're really intense with our energy and we feel like we don't complete things and so we're going to bed not really feeling accomplished. We're waking up trying to do 100 things and that means calming our mind down for quality sleep is difficult, it's challenging, it's not something that naturally happens because we don't really create a space between the day of doing, and then where we need to really be within ourself to calm down, to feel centered and grounded so we can sleep. And I think when I get asked this question or when I work with clients on how can I achieve better sleep, it's not just the time frame before bed. And this is part of, you know, we see, oh, five ways to get ready for bed, do a meditation, have a bath, light some candles, relax, take a few deep breaths. And whilst those things are helpful, I'll talk about those in a little while, It's not just that. Our journey for bed starts when we wake, which I know kind of seems a little bit odd and it's not a message we hear, but how we manage ourselves through our entire day, the things that we do, the things that we focus on, the conversations we have, the people we surround ourselves with, how we tackle our everyday tasks all impact our ability to sleep. And so when we're really wanting to achieve a more calmer sense of mind to fall asleep, to stay asleep, to have deep sleep, we also have to think too, not just about how we get ready for that, but what else is happening in our day to impact how we might be sleeping. And I want to start with a few things that are so simple to us that impact all areas of our wellness and well-being that I feel we don't emphasize enough Well, when we do talk about these things it's done in a very kind of surface level way but they're so important and I call them the four pillars of wellness for us they're just essential and I well I guess there's three in this because the fourth one is sleep but the other three are movement water and nutrition and those three things really do work together to help us achieve a deeper sleep, to fall asleep, and not just be able to stay asleep, and but also support that in a way. Because what we do in terms of our hydration, moving our body and what we eat also impacts our cognitive mind, what we're thinking, what we focus on, our ability to move through emotion, manage stress, overwhelm, things that might keep us up at night. So first of all, let's start with hydration. I was asked to talk about how much water some should I drink. A question came through and said, can you unpack hydration? There's so many mixed messages out there. I don't know how much I should be drinking. I'm a teacher. It's really difficult. Like we can- So if you're not a teacher listening, you mightn't realize teachers can't go to the toilet when they need to. Um, we have anywhere from 20 to 30 children in front of us and you can't leave them unattended because it's unsafe. So... Bladder control is a real issue for us. We can't just be like, oh, I'm going to go to the toilet because what's going to happen to those kids that we're responsible for in that time? It's one of the unspoken things I think with teaching that we need to address. I don't think there should be any job that denies you the opportunity to go to the toilet when you need to. That's probably another conversation, but just like to highlight that because when we talk about hydration, especially for our teachers, It's not as simple as just being able to guzzle water when you want because you do have in the back of your mind, what if I need to pee in 30 minutes? I'm like in class for two hours. I can't leave. So when I think about hydration and sleep though and calming your mind, what I will say is that if you are dehydrated, it can cause brain fog. It can cause the inability to think. It can cause you to feel perhaps more tired, more confused a little bit off and when that happens we're not productive we're not thinking clearly we're not problem solving we're not creative and so that can impact our, impact our ability to fall asleep because we don't achieve everything we need we need or want to during the day so being hydrated is not just essential because it's you know our body 70% water and we need it it also actually impacts how we sleep Isn't that crazy to think that water can impact how we sleep? Now, I know if I haven't drunk enough water during the day, I can get a headache of an evening. I can feel really tired and lethargic. I don't fall asleep as easily. Or if I do, I try and aim for like a nine o'clock bedtime most nights. By 11 o'clock, I'm waking up because I'm unsettled and I'm not able to get into that deep sleep. And this is what I mean by the idea that wanting to fall asleep easily and being in a calm state of mind for that starts when you wake because it really is impacted by how we spend our time during the day and by the water that we drink and by the conversations we have and the people we hang around and how we move our body, all of those things. It is those four pillars around movement, sleep and nutrition and the fourth one being sleep. It's those things so much. So let me just talk about this idea of hydration again or still and how I do that so I was asked by a listener how how much water should we drink what does that look like how much do I need and to be honest the answer is I don't know I don't know how much water everyone needs I know they say two liters a day but I can tell you right now that I drink two liters a day before 11 o'clock easy sometimes I can drink between 500 and meals and a litre of water first thing when I get up. So I always try and drink some tap water or some room temperature water upon waking because I think that we need to put that in our body and we need to cleanse that, use that as a cleansing mechanism. And that's just how I like to start my day. Then I have some black coffee and then I might have a little bit of water before I head to work. But easy by, you know, 11 o'clock, I've had two litres of water at least. Now, one of the things that often comes up with teachers is, well, how do you do that? Because we can't go to the toilet when we want to, like I talked about. So if you're a teacher listening and you're like, "Uh, bladder control, it's an issue because yes, it's a real thing. uh, What I will say is this, when I am teaching, I don't continuously drink as much water because I can't go to the toilet when I want. How shocking does that sound? But anyway, um, what I do do is let's say my first break is at 11. From about 10.30, I'll start drinking more water because I know I can go to the toilet. Then I go to the toilet, normally at the start and end of break, because like I said, you never know when it's going to be needed. So I just am like a child and go even if I don't need to. And then when, let's say lunch is at 1.30, from about one o'clock, I'll start drinking water again. And then the same at the end of the day, which of course, then it it doesn't matter as much. But it's about learning how much water, I guess, your body can hold, what you are used to. I know it's something I've built up over time. uh, And When you think about how much water do you need to drink, I don't know what the answer is for you. But I would say your body sends you signs. So some of the things to look out for is or are, do you feel brain fog in the afternoon? If so, you're probably not drinking enough water. Do you get headachy? Do you not sleep well? They're all linked to not drinking enough water. Uh, Do you sometimes find that you're not able to be as productive or you're irritable? That can be linked to not drinking enough water. So it's not prescriptive in terms of you must drink two liters, but it is how much do you need to be able to still function well. That's really what it comes down to. So play around with it. Listen to your body. Listen to what it tells you. Listen to what it shows you and really learn those signs so you can get used to how much water you need. And to be honest, that's all I've done over the years. I've really just learned to listen to my body, pay attention. I know when I'm not drinking enough water, I do get a bit of brain fog. I do get a headache. I do get restless when I sleep or try and fall asleep. And that's why falling asleep doesn't start in the evening or just before bed. It's all day. So on that, I also want to talk about movement. Funnily, I had a conversation with a kid about this today. We hold so much energy in our body, good and good energy, useful energy, unresourceful energy, energy that comes from different places because energy is attached to emotion, but energy can also um, be something that we just naturally have. It. So I wake up quite energized. I'd probably say that's when I'm at my peak and I really like to exercise then because I feel like I can get the most out of it. And then when I use up my cognitive energy, decision-making energy, thinking energy throughout the day, I'm just too tired to exercise in the afternoon. So movement for me is something that I have to do. Otherwise I just feel kind of unsettled and I know I have to do it in the morning, but some people like to do it in the evening. And again, it's about finding what works for you. But if we are going to sleep and we've got built up energy we are going to find it difficult to calm our mind down and be able to sleep easy. Now, what can this look like for you? First of all, you can feel it in your body. You can actually feel like, oh, I'm fidgety or I'm moving around a lot. Oh, I can't sit still. You're just finding it hard to relax. That is a sign that you either need to do one of two things. In that moment, get the energy out. So go for a walk, you know, do some exercise, maybe do some yoga, if it's the evening, whatever, or if it's a regular thing for you, I would suggest building in some kind of daily movement to help release that energy. And this is what I was having a conversation with a child about. He he looked tired this morning and I always said, oh, are you okay? You look tired. He said, oh, I don't sleep very well during the week. And I was like, well, what's happening? He said, oh, I just think a lot and then I can't sleep and I'm awake till midnight and I've got to get up at six. And I was like, oh, what do you do? Catch up on your sleep on the weekend? And he said, no, I'm really tired on the weekends because I play sports. I said, interesting. I said, so on the weekends when you're doing sport and you're being physical, you find it easier to sleep. And I said, he's like, yeah, yeah. And I said, so do you do any like exercising or go for a short run or anything during the week? And he's like, no, I don't really do anything. I said, okay, so your body has energy that needs to be released through movement. So maybe you need to try a little bit of exercise, even just 15 minutes of running or something of an afternoon or evening might help to get some of that energy out. So then you can be calmer and go to sleep. And as I was saying this to him, I could see him going like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And I think that might work for me. So anyway, I've left him with that task. I'll check in with him next week. But It's the same for us. We've got to move our energy. Now, there's a fabulous book called Burnout by Emily and Amelia Nagowski. and they talk about how when we're feeling burnout or we have signs of stress or overwhelm or mental energy in our body, the two best ways to release that to calm our mind are through doing something physical, physical exercise, or doing something creative. So doing one of those things each day is essential for me. So either moving my body, really getting that energy out. And like I said, I like to do that in the mornings and or doing something creative. So my this podcast for me right now is creative because it's helping me process my thoughts and I quite enjoy it. And I feel like I'm in a bit of a flow and a zone here. So this is a creative outlet for me, but it could look for you like writing, coloring, drawing, maybe even playing a game, doing something that allows you to move through that energy consciously or unconsciously to get it out rather than just going through the motions of autopilot activities or sitting still and it's still being in your body. So movement is essential to being able to calm your mind later in the evening because you're not holding on to that pent-up energy and telling your mind to shush when really it needs to release it in some way. Now, if you find that you're overthinking something, and I don't mean overthinking in a negative way, I just mean continuously thinking about something over and over again, It is really helpful to get that out of you. Now, you will do this in different ways. You may be a talker, so you may like to talk it out, whatever's in your mind. And this is important because if we're holding it in, we can't calm our mind to sleep. So you might need to phone a friend or talk to your partner or just be like, Talk to yourself. To be honest, sometimes I just go for a walk and talk to myself. Like I'm like, i got to get this thought out. I help, it helps me to process. I feel better once it's done. I have more clarity around it and I can kind of let it go. So talk to yourself, partner, cat, whomever it is that you need to talk to, to release that or write it down. That can be re- really useful. Whether it's a journaling type exercise and you're going deep into reflection questions or or you're just making a list of everything that's on your mind. Now, list-making is actually a really great tool to use when you're feeling overwhelmed and stressed because it puts it on paper. It says to your brain, stop worrying about it. You don't have to think about it. It's there, and you know you can come back and pick it up in the morning, not at midnight, which is really useful to being able to calm down your mind and go to sleep. So if you're having those continuous thoughts, think about how you can get them out otherwise it's energy in our body that is going to stop us from sleeping because it'll be playing in our mind the other thing to do is think about what conversations you're having during the day and how is this impacting your emotional state because if we again engage in conversations that are more negative that are frustrating that are causing us to have an emotional response where we attach a lot of energy to it and we don't release it, then that, again, is going to stay in our body and we're going to find it hard to switch off. And this is where you might need to use phoning a friend and talking it out or journaling as well. So just be really mindful of what you've been doing that day or every day if you need to build in new habits, patterns, routines, and how that's going to impact your sleep. Now, moving on to actually calming your mind to sleep. I did say in the beginning that we see so many things like light a candle, have a bath, do meditation and this is why sometimes it just doesn't work for us and that's because of what I've talked about here. We have energy in our body that we need to move before we can calm our mind. That's really what it is. But in terms of wind down and calming our mind for sleep, it's not something that happens as soon as we get under the duna and into bed. It is a process that starts well before that. Now, I was listening to something the other day and they were saying it's all, it almost begins four hours before bedtime. So if you have a nine o'clock bedtime, that would be putting an alarm on your phone at five o'clock and, you know, kind of starting to get ready for bed then and slowing down and winding down. Now, I don't know about you, but there are some days where I'm still at school. I'm still at work at five o'clock. So... I can't really be turning the lights off and lighting a candle while that's happening, especially when I've still got to drive home, get dinner ready, do whatever it is I'm doing. So if that just sounds completely unreasonable to you, like to be honest, it does to me, what I tend to do is when I get into the house, I have a bit of a routine straight away, which signals to my body that my day is over. So I get changed. I hang my work clothes up. I unpack my lunch. I put all my containers away. I think about what I need to get ready for tomorrow. I might wash my face. I put on like house clothes. To be honest, if I'm not leaving the house, I'll put pajamas on at five o'clock. I don't care. I'm saying to my body, like the day is done and we can slow down. Sometimes I go and do a meditation at that time as well because I just want to create a bit of distance or I go for a walk around the block. I heard this great a strategy shared by another teacher who said every time she's going to work or coming home she walks around the block before or after so when she is going to school in the morning she just pops her bag in the school in the, in the car and leaves it there then she quickly walks around the block gets in her car and goes and it's a circuit breaker between leaving the house and going to school and when she is coming home she pulls up in the driveway puts her trainers back on goes for a walk and then goes into the house. So she's had a bit of a break and it's a signal. So we want to be sending signals to our body that it's different now. So when I come home and I go through that little bit of a routine, what I'm saying to myself is it's now time to chill. It's now time to know that it's evening and we're going to be slowing down. I, of course, am not sitting on the couch, lighting a candle and meditating at five o'clock for four hours because you know that's, that is just un- unrealistic for many of us. But I do have a routine and I start that pretty, like like I said, as early on, as soon as I get in the door. Now, yes, there are days where I go for a walk or I go to a Pilates class or um, my partner and I go to trivia or do something, but my body is used to those things and my mind is used to those things. So as I'm going through that, all my body is unconsciously hearing over and over is, this is what's happening next, this is what's happening next, this is what's happening next. Because what we need to be do, doing to help ourselves calm our mind for a better sleep is really be working on routine. You see, as, as people, we really like predictability. We really like things to be the same. It makes us feel safe. It makes us feel like we're in control. It's less chaotic for us. This is why kids, our students, they really love structure and routine. It gives us a sense of certainty. Now, if we're trying to get ready for a good night's sleep, we want to be giving ourselves as much certainty and control as we can, so that we know what is coming, because our body will be preparing for that. Will be preparing for that without us even realizing. So, these little things that you can build in, these little bits of routine, are really important. Now, the other thing I do is after dinner, which is usually for me around 6, 30, 7 o'clock. I tidy up the kitchen, I put everything away and then I check my social media or do something on my phone for like the last time. I'm really conscious now that somewhere between 7.30 and 8 o'clock I put my phone away. That is it for me. It is down and out. I rarely pick it up again unless there's my partner says something I've got to check or you know, my sister calls or whatever. But I don't really go on any type of devices from about 7, 30, 8 o'clock. So I like to give myself, you know, a good 60 to 90 minutes without that. I then turn the lights out. So I kind of go by one light or one lamp. I'm really mindful to also not be in lots of bright light. I don't have a lot of noise around. And then I'll make a cup of tea or I'll sit down with a book and I'll just give myself some chill time And, you know, for about 45, half an hour to 45 minutes before bed, my partner and I will watch some terrible rubbish, but also great thing on Netflix. And the reason I do that, and I know some people will say you shouldn't watch TV before bed, is that I quite like to just do something that numbs my brain, if I'm really honest. And I find by doing that, by not having to think, by not being on my phone, my brain is functioning at a much lower level. And that just helps me to be calm. Like it really helps me to switch off and not think about much. Now, if I sit down and then my partner and I are having this like conversation or I can't stop thinking about that, I will, I know that that's a point where I'm like, okay, I can't do this right now. I need to get this energy out. So I'll stop the TV. I'll go, my partner and I will be like, let's just talk about this and get it over and and done with whatever topic it is could be anything at all. could be like, what are we going to have for dinner on Sunday? Or it could be, where are we going to travel to next? Or, oh my goodness, I forgot to tell you this about my day. We're really mindful of being present in those moments and, and not having that while we're trying to chill. That downtime process for me is super important. And so I can't be doing anything else. And then if I have to go and write or journal or make a list because I don't want to forget, I do that as well. And then when I'm watching TV, I'm pretty much in the space of like, I'm done for the day. Did you, absolutely. I've checked out. And that TV time really is just to take a moment. And then from there, it's about reading, journaling and going to sleep. Now, a hot tip, a couple of years ago, I used to sleep with an eye mask on and that was like an anchor for Point for me as soon as i put that eye mask on my body knew it was a sl- light sleep time and i'd be asleep within like three minutes sometimes now i don't wear one anymore although maybe i should sometimes i struggle to fall asleep a little bit so i have some breathing techniques that i do um a four part breathing where you inhale for four small chunks so you kind of like in 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 and then i exhale for four out 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 and i do that pattern or i do a box breath or I use a mantra, satanama, and I work on that. Just little techni- techniques. What I don't do is play on my phone, have a conversation, have a loud noise. There are no devices allowed in our bedroom. That's not something that we do. Uh, and there's no TV, anything like that. The, our bedroom space is the sleeping. Uh, and that, again, is another signal to my body that that's what this means. So overall, if you are having trouble calming your mind, start thinking about what are you doing during the day to help that and don't just think it's something that happens half an hour or an hour before bed. That's not how it works. Be really, really mindful of what messages your body is sending you. Do you feel it like you have brain fog? Do you have a headache? Do you have too much going on in terms of overthinking or continuously thinking about the same thing? Are your energies are your emotional energies quite intense? And so you need to release those. It's that that we need to be paying attention to to help us sleep better. From here, you can also think about, and what routine do I want to have of an evening? So, you know, when I come into the house after work, what do I do? How can I make that more familiar for my body so, they know it, so it knows it's about switching off at the end of the day? After I do my chores and things around the house and have dinner, what can I then do to slow down? Try and pick an activity in your house, whether it's dinner or, and tidying the kitchen or another activity that is the end point like choose so when i have dinner and then tidy the kitchen that is the end point for me i'm like and that is the last activity i'm doing today and everything now is about calming down so try and find something that's an anchor in terms of an end point for your day and then from there everything is about getting ready for bed and that can be one to two hours before bed Because we're not talking about completely walking around in darkness. We're just talking about slowing down the activity. So do everything you need to do before then. Have that set point. I suppose I have dinner and then if I need to wrap up with some journaling or any further conversations or a a little bit of tidying, I do that. But I'm really mindful that 60 to 90 minutes before bed, it's like no devices and I'm done with that. So just figure out what works for you um, from water to movement I didn't talk about nutrition, but I should obviously what you're putting in your body is going to impact your ability to sleep too, especially if it's high-processed, high-sugar foods. Um, But this is covered in the four pillars in the wellness library, so you can go and check it out there. I'll also do a podcast on this at some point. But um, be really mindful of what you're doing throughout the day that impacts sleep. I think we just underestimate how much of what we do in our day and how we feel impacts our ability to be calm in our mind and fall asleep. And like, it's all connected. Everything we do say, think, feel, and be is connected, which means all of that is going to impact how we sleep. So unfortunately it's not as simple as a checklist that self-care and well-being isn't is a, that that's absolutely what the wellness strategy is about. So I'm going to leave that there. I hope it was useful for you. As with any wellness change that we go through, give it time. It took me Quite a long while to realize what my body needed. And to be completely honest, I used to do half an hour no devices before bed. I've pushed that forward probably only in the last month or so. Um, I've really, really gone, actually, it's a 7.30 thing, sometimes even 7 for me. I just need to walk away from it. And that is new. It, it was definitely more an eight 8.30 thing. So play around, reflect, change, adapt, do whatever, and just give it time. That's what anything to do with wellness is about. It's playing around, reflecting, being aware, giving it time and just doing what works for you. Also, if this is a household thing, I think I mentioned in one of my other episodes, be mindful of communicating this to those who it will impact because if you're turning all the lights off and someone else is turning them on, it's going to create a bit of a problem. So think about that one as well. And as always, if you need anything, please reach out. But uh, happy sleeping, I think. That's what we're all aiming for, right? A good night's sleep so we can be even a happier, be even a happier, be a more happier version of ourselves. All right, have a wonderful, wonderful evening wherever you are. I'm going to go and make sure my backyard's not flooding. It probably is. And if you need anything, please do get in touch. Okay, so it's not quite the end. We couldn't wrap this up without giving a shout out to our socials. So please make sure you head over to Facebook and follow us at The Wellness Strategy with Amy Green or join our exclusive Facebook group, The Wellness Strategy Collective. You can find us on Insta at underscore The Wellness Strategy and also head to our website to find out more about us and subscribe to our weekly newsletter at www.thewellnessstrategy.com.au. So much gratitude. See you somewhere soon. Let's do this again.